Hello and welcome to the East Baltimore Graffiti Church's podcast. We are so excited to have you join us today. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at ebgraffitichurch at gmail.com or you can check us out on our website at ebgraffitichurch.org. Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning. I'm glad to be here again. I'm doing good. I'm doing. I hope everybody else is doing well today. It's good to um, see you guys again. I love coming here uh, more than you guys know. Um, you guys have a great fellowship, and um, anytime I can play a small part in the big plan that you guys have got going on, it's um, it's a pleasure and an honor. So um, I'm not going to be before you long today, as they say. Um, I do have a message from the Lord today. Um, We're going to be in the book of Galatians, chapter 5, verses 13 through 18. And um, as you'll see, uh, as you walked in, you should have got a little slip of paper. I thought about that this morning. I said, well, they may not have Bibles with them. So I just printed the verses out and you can follow along as I read through together. Now, the book of Galatians, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's a great book. And I do encourage you in your spare time to go ahead and read, um, read through the whole book. Um, or actually, it, what the book of Galatians is actually a letter. It's a letter from uh, the Apostle Paul to the churches in Galatia. So when we see Galatians, it's not one church that was the church, the Galatian church. It was a region and there were churches within that region. Just like we would have churches of Baltimore County or the church of Baltimore City, where it's not just one church, but multiple churches. And that's what we have here. Uh, This letter was addressed to the saints and the churches in the region of Galatia. So it went to more than one church. Um, Now, the Apostle Paul went to this region on three separate occasions and he preached and he established the gospel. And he built churches. He was a church planner, just like this was is a church plant where it was founded and started and is growing into a full grown church. And that's what you had in this region of Galatia with the churches. Now, the Apostle Paul, as I said, he's been there three times um, to visit and to establish and build up and identify leaders. And he left. He would set up these churches and he would go on about his missionary journey to do the same thing in other places, to replicate what he's done in one place. He'll go and do it somewhere else. Now, the Apostle Paul got word that this church that he established in this region of Galatia had fallen away from the things that he taught when he established them. They fell away from his teachings. They started doing other things. And actually, specifically, they fell into what is known as legalism. They became legalistic. And what legalism means, it's a big word, but all it means is that you're earning your right standing with God. Opposed to accepting and receiving the free gift that God has given you, they fell into legalism and said, let me earn my way through works of the law, through what I'm able to do in my own power. That's how I establish my righteousness with God. And that's what they have fallen into. So the Apostle Paul, he has a lot of themes in the book of Galatians, but there's two overarching themes in this book that the Apostle Paul, um, in his letter to encourage them to get back to the true and tried teaching that he gave to them from uh, the work of Jesus Christ, it was two things he wanted to uh, remind them of. One, that they are justified by faith and not by works. 
And two, that the believers are now living a new life. They have been born again and their new life is life in the spirit, the Holy Spirit that lives in them. So this message that the Apostle Paul in his letters um, uh, is very dangerous, um, dangerous in a good way. And I think it's going to be dangerous in a good way for us after we hear it today, after God blesses us. So let me go ahead and read the verses that I'm going to preach from this morning and then I'll pray and then we'll go ahead and get into this. Starting at verse 13 of chapter five of the book of Galatians, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will destroy or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you do not do whatever you want to. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under law. Please pray with me. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I just ask for help. Now, as you descend your spirit into this tent, give us help now. Give us undivided attention to be focused on your word. Fill us with your spirit to understand what you have for us so we can apply it in our lives and be thankful to you. Father, we come today in the spirit of thanksgiving, thanking you for who you are. You are the king of kings and the Lord of lords. So be with us now. Give us grace and mercy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Right off the gate, the Apostle Paul starts in verse 13. He says, you, my brothers and sisters, you were called to be free. Now, really, we can stop right there. And as they say, that right there in and of itself will preach, won't it? Because I can step out right now or I could open up this whole discussion today and say, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Now, there are two things that I see immediately here, and it's beautiful the way the Apostle Paul breaks out his language and the way he has, um, that he's filled with the Spirit and the way he communicates these truths to us. I see two things here, and I think the Apostle Paul actually presented it to present two things. The first is that we were called. He's telling the Galatian church that you were called. First and foremost, you were called. We are all, if you're born again, if you are a believer, if you're a Christian, you are called by God. Amen. God called you. And this is not a far-fetched theory. Actually, the Apostle Paul in the book of Romans discusses this in chapter 8. Now, let's let me read chapter 8, verses 28 through 30, that, where he actually illustrates this calling. Verse 28 in Romans says, and you, if you don't have it, that's fine. I'll go ahead and read it to you. It says, and we know that all things God works for those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to, to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Now, here we go. Chapter verse 30. And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he glorified. So God's MO 
with his children, with believers, for those he calls out of darkness, is to give a call. It's a call. Now, it may not be an audible call. I don't know what type of call it is, but it's a spiritual, mysterious call. And the old Puritans, the old uh, theologians would say, call it the effectual call. A call where you can't deny the call. You can't turn away from the call because God is the one who does the calling. So if God does the calling, there's going to be a response because God can't fail. Now, we are dead in sins and trespasses. And I may have given this analogy before, but if you go down to the Baltimore City morgue and yell fire, nothing's going to happen. Nobody's going to get up and run because a dead man can't respond to anything. But when God calls, we respond. Now, we don't respond on our own, but that's a whole nother discussion in and of itself. Because salvation is of the Lord and our salvation is totally and wholly up to him. So he gives us the call and he enables us to respond to the call. But nonetheless, if you are here today and you are a believer and you are called of Christ, you have been called by God. And this is not anything new because we see it in Scripture. We see it in the Old Testament. In the book of Samuel, the boy, uh, uh, the priest Samuel as a boy, God called him and he answered. He said, yes, Lord, your servant is listening. God called him. We see it again with, um, in the, with, the, with the life of the Apostle Paul on the road to Damascus. Paul, he, well, at the time he was Saul, he said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It was a call. We also see it with Jesus when he uh, rose Lazarus from the dead, didn't we? Jesus stood outside the tomb and said, Lazarus, draw nigh. It's a call. So in your life, God has called you. Now, I can't explain how it happened because those are the mysteries that are just up to God. And one day we will know when we're with him, but something spiritual happened. And Jesus said, it's interesting, I love what Jesus said. He said, the wind blows where it does. You can hear the sound, but you don't know where it's going. So as it is with everyone who was born of the Spirit. There's a mysterious transaction that happens when we're in one state of death, on our way to hell, and through the call of God, we respond by his enabling, and we're on our way to heaven and life with him. And it's a beautiful thing, it's a beautiful reality that exists for the believer. And only God can do that calling because our spiritual dead ears cannot hear it except for the powerful voice of God. So in the first part of verse 13, it says that we are called. The second, it says that we are free. It says you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. To be free. Free from what? Well, we're free from the guilt of sin. We're free from the penalty of sin. We're free now from the power of sin and we're free from the demands of the law. The sad part about it is many Christians still live as if we're in bondage. As if we're in bondage to sin and we're no longer in bondage to sin. Now, we fall back into sin, but prior to being saved, we had no way out. Sin was our slave master. And it's also sad to see the world and even Christians 
always and sometimes yoked themselves to another slave master other than Jesus Christ. Christians should be the freest people walking around. But oftentimes we're not. Oftentimes we're not. We still carry around the guilt of our past sins that have been washed away, that were nailed to the cross. When Jesus was buried, those sins were buried with him. When he rose up, we also rose up in newness of life, leaving those present sins and those past sins behind. So any sin that you have in your life or anything that you have ever done, you shouldn't walk with those sins and that guilt anymore. We have been washed clean so you are free and i'm gonna go ahead and say a very demonstrative statement later in this message about our freedom but as the christian as a christian we are free now the apostle paul knows his audience and if you read the, the letters of apostle paul he always preempts questions that may come up and he gives a qualifier to this freedom because he knows that they're going to be hearers, they're going to be listeners to this message that he's saying that about them being free. They're going to think, say, okay, hmm, okay, I'm a Christian and I'm free. So that means I'm free to do whatever I want to do. And some people even come to Paul with the crazy argument saying, well, if God gives grace and he gives grace in light of my sin and because of my sin, and because he gives us grace, it's because of the sin that we have. Let me go ahead and sin so that God can give grace. I'm actually helping God out here because if I don't sin, there won't be any grace for him to give. So let me go ahead and sin just so he has some grace to apply to the sin. He knew that people would try to twist the words of what he was saying and make it work for their own sinful desire. So the Apostle Paul is very skilled. He's very aware of the way that we can often twist things to our benefit. And that's why he says and continue on in verse 13, he says, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Yes, you were called. Yes, you were free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. And now he's speaking to believers. He's not speaking to the unsaved here. He's talking to other believers. Those with the Holy Spirit, he has to tell them, do not indulge the flesh. What does he mean by do not indulge the flesh? It means do not engage in sin. Do not gratify the carnal lust of your flesh of your sinful nature you have been set free from sin so therefore do not feed your flesh feed your sin is what he is saying and that's something that we have to keep in mind because even though we are saved we can fall back into sin can't we we often fall into sin don't we now we're not perfect we are saved, but we're not perfect. And we have to know that there is a battle that we still have to fight. And that battle, some days we're going to win, and some days we're going to lose. But the beautiful thing about being a Christian is he gave us a gift. He gave tons of gifts, but he first off gave us the Holy Spirit so that we can win the battle against sin. And in the event that we lose daily, when we lose those battles and we sin, we have the gift of repentance where we can go back to God, confess what we did, 
apologize, say, I'm sorry, God. I, I, I repent of my sins, turn away from them sins and come back fully to God and totally be restored. And that's a gift. That's a gift. So the Apostle Paul here says, do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. So in one and he means it in two in, in two senses. The first sense, sense he uses it is don't engage in sinful behavior. The second is don't be self-centered in your freedom. You are free, but you are free to love and serve others. And that's what he says. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. So in this freedom, we're not to gratify in sin and we're to live a life where we're giving and loving toward one another. And I love the way that Apostle Paul breaks it down because he says, rather, rather than indulging the flesh, serve one another in two ways. Humbly and in love first humbly when you humbly serve somebody you do it in a humble manner you don't do it and brag and ring the bell that i'm serving sister johnson oh i hope sister johnson pay her rent this month i gotta tell the whole church that you didn't know you do it humbly and the second you do it you do it in love you don't do it begrudgingly you do it in a spirit of love don't indulge the flesh rather serve one another humbly and that's what we should be practicing in our christian communities humbly lovingly serving one another extending ourselves outreaching and extending almost to a point where it seems unnatural to the outside world of how much we love and we present and we help one another in our christian community the Apostle Paul says something that's actually really pretty shocking here in verse 14. He says, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. So this is this is pretty deep. This is pretty important because the Apostle Paul says the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. And that quote the Apostle Paul just used there is from Leviticus, uh, Le Leviticus 19, verse 18. But what he's saying is incredible. He's saying out of all the laws, the Ten Commandments, all the Levitical laws that the Lord has given, we can fulfill all those by doing one thing, loving your neighbor as yourself. So what does that look like? Think about it. When you got up this morning, you got washed you care for yourself right you got washed you brushed your teeth you brushed your hair you put on clothes you put on warm clothes you put on a hat you put on a scarf you took care of yourself you are loving yourself so what the apostle paul is saying and he's really just regurgitating or restating what is been said by the lord in leviticus 19 verse 18 is that the way you care for yourself care for others the same way now this is why this is a dangerous message because we normally don't operate in that fashion do we our loved ones even family members do we care for them just as much as we care for ourselves that's radical thinking 
So the way that I care for myself, the way I take care of myself, I'm to do that for someone else? That's radical thinking. But think about this. Look how much different things will look if we practice that one command. And it's said that all the commands that God had ever put out there can be summed up in this one command. Love others as you love yourself. Now, you can stop. You can really stop right there and say, love others. And we're doing good with that. Love others. Show love to others. But the radicalness and the dangerousness, in a good way, takes it a step further. Love others as you love yourself. Now you're putting others equal to you. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. Now again in verse 13, the Apostle Paul, knowing believers so well, has to insert something in here. And it's interesting the way he inserted verse 15 that says, if you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So in the same vein, in the same breath where he's encouraging them to love one another as they love themselves in Christian community, he also knows in reality that there's going to be infighting in Christian community. And he addresses it. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. So that actually keeps it kind of real, doesn't it? Because often somebody can walk by here and say, oh, well, the Christian community is all about love, and they love one another, and they, they, they treat and they love one another like they love themselves. But that's not necessarily always the case. How many have been in a church where there is infighting, and people don't love one another? They are biting and devouring and destroying one another. So the Apostle Paul, and this is why I love the Bible. This is why the Bible is true, because it gives the real for real. Doesn't it? There's going to be fights in Christian community. There's going to be a sister or a brother in Christian community that you really just don't like for whatever reason. Right? It's real. But the Apostle Paul is encouraging them, even in spite of of um, differences you may have with your brother or sister love them they are your neighbor love them as you love yourself moving on to verse 16 so I say walk in the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh for the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh they are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want but if you are led by the spirit you are not under the law so as a believer as believers in Jesus Christ you now live a new life because God has put the Holy Spirit in you God's holy whether you feel it or not the spirit of God is living in you and it was placed there by God. And Paul says, the apostle Paul says, so I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. It's either one way or the other. In verse 17, it says, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit desires what is contrary to the flesh. 
So in our walk, in our humanity, we have two things going on, don't we? We have the Holy Spirit, which is guiding us toward God and the things that God wants and the things that God desires. And then we have our flesh, on the other hand, which wants what it desires. And the two come at war with one another. And this is something that we experience every day because we battle and we wage war with sin every day. There are things that I want to do, but I know I shouldn't do because God would not approve of me doing it. It's sin. And it's a battle. And as Christians, we need to know that there is going to be a battle as Christians. You're going to fight the war against your flesh every day. Because the flesh wants what the flesh wants. And the spirit has the mind of God and is requiring a higher calling of us. But the flesh wants what it wants. The flesh wants to get drunk. The flesh wants to get high. The flesh wants to sex, doesn't it? The flesh wants to be lazy, slothful. It wants to be selfish. It wants to be uh, greedy. It wants to gouge itself for food. It wants to sleep. It doesn't want it wants to be lazy. That's what the flesh wants. But as believers, we have the gentle touch on the shoulder of the Holy Spirit saying, get up. Work for the Lord. Love your brother. Love your sister. And there's a battle. Second part of verse 10 says they are in conflict with one another. And it makes perfect sense. The Apostle Paul's argument here is a logical one. Very logical. Either you're living by the flesh or you want to live by the spirit. The two can't coexist together. Either you're going to be a slave to one or you're going to be a slave to another. Now, the reality is we're all going to be a slave to something. We need to choose a good master, don't we? Everybody is going to be a slave to something. Now, you got to ask yourself this question. Are you a slave to your flesh? Or are you a slave to Jesus Christ? Are you going to be a slave to a hard master and in the end does not have your best interest? Or are you going to be a slave to the good shepherd? Who are you going to be shackled to? Your flesh? Your dying flesh that lets you down every day in one way or another? Or are you going to chain, be chained to the Lord Jesus Christ as a servant, as a slave, as a doulos, the lowest form of a slave to Jesus Christ? And you got to ask yourself, what am I a slave to? In my life, what has me bound up to do the things that I don't want to do or that I know I shouldn't do? Is it sex? Are you in a sexual relationship with someone that you know you should not be in a relationship with? Are you watching pornography? Are you getting high? Drinking? Are you a thief? Do you lie? Are you just not an honest person? 
You tell occasional lies every day, even if they're small. Those are the questions you got to ask yourself. Are you a slave to that? Or have you forsaken that and took on your new master who is Jesus Christ? The flesh and the spirit are in conflict with one another. And they cause you to do, not do what you want to do. Verse 17. But if you are led by the spirit, verse 18, you are not under the law, the Apostle Paul says. If you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. And he says this is back to how we get our righteousness. We're not under the law. Will we get our righteousness by keeping the law? We are now made right through grace. And that grace is made manifest by the Holy Spirit that has been placed in us. So now we're made right with God through grace and not through works of the law. We don't bring anything to our salvation. Remember that. It's all by grace. Because if it was left up to us, remember to be right with God means you have to keep the whole law perfectly. And not just after you get saved, but your whole life you have, will have always had to keep the perfect law. And nobody can do it. We all fall short. So it's by grace. It's by the mercy of God that all of these sins and our breaking of the law and our not keeping of the law have been washed clean. And we have been imputed with the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. So in closing, I have three application points. And one way to remember them is to live your life by the three L's. The three L's, the letter L. To live, to love, and to be led. The first L being live, be free and live. Be free and live. Now, I said there was a pretty demonstrative statement that I was going to make to you um, in the beginning of my sermon that I said I will follow up in the end of my ser uh, sermon. And I'm going to make this statement now. And it may hit you guys and it may take some time for you to digest it and, and synthesize what I'm going to say. But this is what it is. We always, we've already been presented with the, the reality that we are free in Christ. We have been called and we have been called to live a free life. And as a Christian, as a Christian, you are free to do whatever you want to do. I'm going to repeat that and I want you to think about this. As a Christian, you are free to do whatever you want to do. As a Christian, you are free to do whatever, anything in the world you want to do, you can do. Except for two things. Except sinning and causing someone else to sin. Other than that, you can do anything in the world you want to do. Now, that should be a life-changing statement. Because think about how much we limit what we do in life, in our life, because we think that we cannot do it. But you can do it as long as you're not sinning. Because if you're not sinning, the opposite is that you're pleasing God. Because God calls us not to sin. 
And God also calls us not to cause others to fall into sin. So if we can do what we're going to do and not sin and not call someone else to sin, then we can do it. If you, you get the, there been so many questions that I get. Can a Christian listen to 92Q? I've gotten that question before. Can a Christian listen to 95.9? You get these questions. As a Christian, can I do X and so? As a Christian, can I do X and so? And I say, yes, you can. If you can do it without sinning, or causing someone else to sin, have at it. And that's freeing, isn't it? Because when the Apostle Paul said we were called to be free, he meant it. And as Christians, we are the freest people on the planet. The second L is to love. We have been free and we are free to love one another. We are free to love our fellow man, specifically those in the church of Jesus Christ. Love one another. Extend yourself to one another. Love one another as you love yourself. You're free to do it. Amen. Amen. And the last one is to be led. The third L is to be led, led by the Holy Spirit. Led by the Holy Spirit, what God put in you, and He is the Holy Spirit is living in you. Don't walk by the flesh. Follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Your the Spirit is in you. Walk and step with the Spirit. Listen to the voice of God. Listen to the way He drives you and the way He directs you in your life. God is with you. He gave you his Holy Spirit so you can please him and become a Christian because the only way you can be a Christian is with the Holy Spirit. So the three L's are live, free, love, and be led by the Holy Spirit. Will you pray with me? Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for being with us today. I hope this message fell and touched the hearts of your people today. Father, continue with the understanding that was placed in them. Let it come to fruition. If there's anything that was left unsaid or not said, cover it with the blood of Jesus, Father. Walk with us this morning. Give us grace. Give us mercy. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.